Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello, you're listening to Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. And in this episode, we're discussing Cyrano, as well as all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Tim Ifland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. And Lee, in Cyrano, a man ahead of his time, Cyrano de Bergerac, dazzles with both word and swordplay, but is convinced his appearance renders him unworthy of the love of his devoted friend, Roxanne. Unable to reveal his true feelings for his luminous friend, Cyrano is forced to admire her from afar and agrees to help a guard in his regiment, Christian, woo Roxanne as she has fallen in love at first sight with the young man. Cyrano is directed by Joe Wright, who also directed Atonement from a screenplay by Erica Schmidt, who actually is Peter Dinklage's wife. That's kind of cool. That is cool. Based on the play by Edmund Rostand. Cyrano stars Peter Dinklage, Hayley Bennett, Kelvin Harrison Jr., and Australia's Ben Mendelsohn as the villain, of course. Mm. <laughs> that seems to be the only role he can play. <laughs> not true. Not, not true, true. Not true. Not he's, true. What about the scroll that he's in Captain Marvel? And oh, that's he's so, he's got a good comedic uh, mm. ability, doesn't he? Anyway, we he's, he's got a huge range. Armendo, we love him. <laughs> Armendo. <laughs> Hashtag Armendo. <laughs> Spread it far and wide. All right, Lee. Let's talk about Cyrano or Serrano. 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 If you're Australian. Okay. So this film is just overflowing with love. Goodness. Isn't isn't it? it? If you can't lose yourself in old world romance and embrace what that offers, Mm. get out now. 
get out. Don't want to see you. Don't use the hashtag <laughs> Almendo either. It really is a celebration of romance, mm. both visually and in this interpretation, lyrically, just like old MGM movies. Um, and this bold new adaptation of the classic love story is uh, is something to revel in. I love that you reference old MGM movies. Mm. Yeah, they have that like old world classic sweeping romance feel, don't, don't they? Don't they? Absolutely. Have you ever experienced unrequited love? Can I ask that? I think the dating game is a really dangerous place. <laughs> like, sure, yes, to answer your question simply, absolutely. I'm a bit of a romantic. And yeah. sure, like, looking back in hindsight, it's like, oh, God, no, thank God, mm. bullet dodged, you know, like Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? I love you, Tim. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> can you sing it to me? <laughs> no. Damn it. No, I think everyone can relate to unrequited love. It's yes. both wonderful and awful and mm. all-encompassing. And that's what people connect with in this movie. And I certainly did. And this film we can connect with on many ways. There are so many universal themes. Mm-hmm. We are all afraid. We have something we fear is unlovable, be it inner about ourselves or outer mm-hmm. and how we present ourselves physically. It is an incredibly universal theme in, explored in this film. How, did, did you relate to a lot of, of the themes in this movie? Yeah, 100%. And mm. I think love and loss especially mm. are two of the most powerful themes in the film. Yeah, It touches something deep within all of us, as you said. And, you know, sometimes you need a good cry. Just let yourself go. Did you cry in this movie? I did. Did you did not you? notice? No. I didn't. Oh, I would have. Crime. I would have reached over and held your hand. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> yeah. Do you know there have been many uh, film adaptations of Cyrano before? Do you know what? I have a confession to make. I went into watching this film not realizing how many times it had been adapted. Yeah. So usually he has a big nose. That's his physical affliction. That's right. There have even been derivative adaptations, like in more modern times. So we've had Roxanne in 1987 starring Steve Martin and Daryl Hannah. Yeah. That's a bit of a classic. The Truth About Cats and Dogs. Excuse me? Yeah. The Truth About Cats and Dogs with Uma Thurman and Janine Garofalo. Oh, you know where I went? Cats what? and Dogs, the, the kids' film. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> no, but, but speaking of kids' films, the DreamWorks animation Megamind is actually a spin on Cyrano. That is crazy. Yeah, with Will Ferrell and Tina Fey. Clearly brings us back to that universality of this story that it can be adapted and explored in many different mediums and ways. And here, I guess, through the medium of music and song, Mm. lifting the words of Cyrano as a wordsmith, Mm. you know, lifting it off the page and having it sing, sing to us, sing to the characters. I mean, originally in this play, there are lots of long monologues. Mm. And they've been replaced with songs in this adaptation because, as we mentioned, Erica Schmidt had adapted it into a musical theatre piece. So, you know, she and and Peter Dinklage have been living and breathing the story and these characters. And I think that really helps the story. You know, you have an actor, director and writer who know the material inside and out intimately. Yeah. And I think that really comes across on the screen. 100%. Goodness me, I can't wait to talk about the performances in this film. Mm. But just to add to that, to build to that point, Lee, Peter Dinklage starred in the the stage production. Alongside Hayley Bennett. Exactly, who plays Roxanne in the film. So they know these characters intimately, Mm. intricately, and it's just a joy to watch them interpret the character within the medium of film under mm-hmm. the direction of Joe Wright, who, oh my goodness me, what a mm-hmm. filmmaker. I just can't get over the lyrics 
in the songs, and we'll mm. talk about that a bit later as well, and the dialogue in yeah. the script. You know, Cyrano was written by a French poet, so language is so incredibly important, and it can be really potent when it's used effectively. Yes. And I just felt that every word was chosen precisely and carefully and for its rhythm, mm. and it comes across so, so well. And as a writer especially, I find language important and incredibly romantic. So I can absolutely see the appeal from Roxanne's perspective of being wooed by love letters. I mean, it doesn't happen anymore, does it? I love from your perspective as a journalist and a writer how much this film spoke to you from from the words that they use. And, you know, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a writer per se. Mm. And I get lost in films like this that really push the boundaries in hearing people talk and communicate to mm. each other in really different, verbose but beautiful ways. Mm-hmm. We, all, we lean in, into poetry to help us express ourselves where we have these really skilled people who somehow find the words mm. that you feel but you can't express mm. them. And that's what Cyrano, the character in this film, mm. does so beautifully. Yeah, it's like the language of love and love as a language. And that made me fall in love with this film. Yes. And Christian as well, uh, who can't find the words, but but is feeling that unacquited love that Roxanne felt about Mm -hmm. him falling, you know, love at first sight, which is a beautiful idea in of itself. Another absolutely stunning aspect of this film, and I hate that word. I really think stunning Stunning. is, I think it's overused. (laughs) Take note, Tim, don't use the word stunning. Blah, blah, stuns in this dress, blah, blah, you know. Stunned when they did that. Like, it's so overused. Okay. But the visual aesthetic in this film is just gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful. The framing of the camera especially. I want to talk about that for a second. Okay. There are so many close-up shots that create this intense intimacy and sensuality in some scenes. I'm mm. thinking particularly of Roxanne's scenes. Yes. You know, there's, there's a scene where she practically makes love to a letter. You know, and wasn't that beautiful? It was a little uncomfortable, but also like when you lose yourself in it, you go, oh, "Wow, this is a bit sexy." Yeah, and that just really conveys the sexiness and the desire that she's feeling. Like love letters are her love language. Yes, oh, I love that love language. Absolutely. Mm. Gee, I, I want to comment on the cinematography as mm. well. Just more generally, there was this glow to the frame. Yeah, it was very apparent right out of the bat, especially when you looked at the candles. You couldn't yeah. see the detail around the flame, but it just glowed. And the whole, it was almost like a bit of Vaseline on the screen. It was right. like, that doesn't sound particularly <laughs> sexy, but I couldn't think of another way to explain it. And one of the scenes that really jumped out at me and just how Joe Wright and his creative team, how they use the camera to, to express a moment. There's a beautiful scene towards the front of the film where they're in a carriage and you see a lot of the action through the reflection in yes. the windows of the carriage, a lot of choreography and dancing and, and longing. And boy, they just challenge the way that they visually position these characters mm. and how they tell the story. And that's just one example. There are countless. Yeah, there are so many. I want to name check the production designer, mm. Sarah Greenwood, yeah. who did Beauty and the Beast and the Sherlock Holmes film. So, they filmed this during the pandemic on the island of Sicily, Italy, and you can really feel that almost isolation, like it's another world, like a little bubble. Yeah, totally. They were a bubble in the production themselves and it felt like a little community bubble mm. for the characters and how they existed. It offered this stunning layer of authenticity and especially in how the the camera captured the sets, the costumes, mm. the performances, what a canvas to work in. Mm. The cobblestone streets, beautiful architecture. Mm. You can only imagine the immense uh, 
excitement that the actors would have had alone in being yeah. able to present in their characters in an actual real town. Yes, that looks like it really is out of this time period. Yeah, and just to build on that, the time period, it's more of a fantasy of the period somewhere in the 17th century. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the visual cues, it mightn't say, oh, this is 1717 or whatever. It's mm-hmm. kind of like inspired by, and that that was the encouragement that Joe Wright had given his creative team to pull certain visual aesthetics mm-hmm. and, and accents from to create the world of Cyrano. So you have the beauty of this town in Sicily. I think it was called Notto. Notto. But then there's also war scenes that are filmed atop an active volcano, Mount Etna in Sicily. Wow. And doesn't that just change the dynamic completely? It's like almost an instant visual change, Mm. like quite jarring the stark contrast of a a romanticised Italian town where we'd been living in the film up until, you know, the third act basically. And then we get thrown into this volcanic mountain And they had a lot of challenges filming up there. They were pushed further and further down the mountain based on heavy snowfall, the most in 30 years apparently that they've ever had. But this is what Joe Wright pushes. He pushes for the aesthetic, Mm. what he wants to make and what an impact that those scenes made. What did you think of those scenes in particular? I kind of lost interest around that time. I mean, the the regiment obviously goes off to war and Mm. this is a big catalyst for what happens in in the rest of the movie. Mm. I felt it rushed a little. Yeah. There is a beautiful musical number, which I adored. I really, really adored. There was a beautiful line that was sung called Heaven is Wherever I Fall. I can't. I almost can't even talk about. And that was one of the moments that had me in tears. The men are singing this beautiful song about saying goodbye to their loved ones because yeah. they, they know they're going to die. They're in the trenches of war. Yeah, that was incredible. But I feel like everything around that was very perfunctory. Like it just had to happen because it had to happen and let's quickly get through this. Well, yeah. Did you feel that way? Uh, look, I, I, I did. The, the pacing of this movie was really well managed probably up until that point. But right. it was such a stark difference to what we had seen. Yeah. So it does make you shift in your seat a little bit. So I totally. So do you think maybe I was just a bit jarred and it just kind of pulled me out of that romantic vibe that I was feeling? Because we were having so much fun in that romantic place. Mm. And then it becomes this real story of tragedy. Mm. I mean, it's all—it's always got undertones of tragedy through the sadness, sa- yeah, bittersweet sadness. sort of. Yeah. yeah, but here it's like right in your face, and I think intentionally so. Yeah, because it's it's an, it's an unexpected breath that the film takes, and yeah. it's deeply emotional with these men singing about. <laughs> uh, you know, it it takes you out. Sorry to go on, but it takes you out of the peripheral of the three main characters for the first time. Yeah, we're focusing on other voices singing about what they have left yeah. behind so it's it's different can we talk a little about the costumes so massimo cantini parini who did the costumes for ophelia you know with daisy ridley yes and oscar winner jacqueline durren who did little women gosh so their costumes are just friggin amazing just first because yeah. i know we glanced at each other and had a little giggle but the ballerina sheep <laughs> <laughs> ballerina sheep it yeah. was creepy but stunning and beautiful okay. all the same. To explain, there's a theatre production going yeah. on within the movie and right these the sheep are doing a little dance of the sheep. Yeah, but they are <laughs> sheep. Like they've got sheep's heads and everything. It's yeah. insane. It was a bit funny. <laughs> it was great. Okay. So director Joe Wright wanted costumes to be modern interpretations mm. of the period pieces. You know, that's the thing I felt throughout this film is that it was modernised but not in the traditional sense of the word. So it wasn't yeah. like they put rock songs in there. They sure. just they just kind of brought it a bit more into 
modern times with the way they approached it. Yeah, I mean, when you've got an old text that's been adapted countless times in various forms, animation, live action, you have to do something different. And I think they've really achieved that brief. They've met the brief. But it's not different enough that it completely messes with the tone. Not at all. Yeah. I find it really interesting, Lee, that the costume designer Perini was determined that the characters would not be, and I quote, wearing any jewellery, no necklaces, no earrings, no bracelets, no brooches, no nothing, he says. I wanted the character's essence and that the viewer should not be distracted. Very intricate decisions being made about the costumes and how how the characters are presented. You know, I didn't notice that, but now that you've said it, yeah, there wasn't No, I hadn't noticed that, but I... I, Lots of heaving bosoms, unencumbered by jewellery. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You're making me blush. (laughs) So, we mentioned before that the monologues are largely replaced by musical Mm. pieces. Aaron and Bryce Desner, who we discussed recently in Come On, Come On, did the music. And the lyrics were by Matt Berninger, who's the lead singer of The National, and his wife, Karen Besser. And these guys might be my new favourite composers. Hey, I absolutely adored the music. There's so many beautiful lines, especially in the songs. As I mentioned before, heaven is wherever I fall. Mm. I can't even say that without getting a bit emotional. Like I would throw this movie on again just to watch that scene. Yeah. And also the balcony scene. My God, I just (gasps) can't like, oh my God. And the line that Roxanne says, don't you dare say you love me. I've heard that line before when she wants more. Yes, I need more. I need more. Yeah, that's a powerful song. Do you know they were really singing? It's not pre-recorded. Yeah, a la Les Miserables. Yep. Singing live on set. How did that change your experience with this film that they chose to do that? I didn't realise it. I went digging because I wasn't sure if they were actually singing. Like I think Peter Dinklage, I knew he was singing, but Mm. I wasn't sure if anyone else was. Mm. And I was just amazed with their skill. Yes. You know, and the whole approach to the music, it really suited the period nature of the piece, but it brought a flavour of modernism without changing the tone of the film. Yes. And I really admired that. Yeah. And I think the freedom of having actors and performers sing live, Mm. it literally gives them the freedom to interpret the text, to feel those emotions. Every note is not perfect. No. It it quivers in the motion and what they're mm. feeling, and that is so powerful. You can't replicate that in a in a sound booth. So of course we have to talk about Peter Dinklage and what a revelation he is. I'm a fan of his work generally. Mm. You know, I loved Tyrion in Game of Thrones, but in this, Serrano has to be charming to make up for his perceived physical limitations. But he's not just charming. He's vulnerable, he's wistful, Mm. he's insecure behind wit and bravado. He brought so much to this role. What a privilege it is to see such a skilled actor bring an old-time character a really fresh perspective. Mm. I was so captivated by his performance. Yeah. I was empathetic for his situation and his plight. I was devastated more than once. Yeah. And the camera loves his face. Mm-hmm. There are so many choices where they go real tight. There's a particular scene where he finds out that Roxanne doesn't love him. Mm. And oh my God, you know, I've still got the knife in my heart. Yes, you know, yes. what, what a convey of, of, of pain. It's like that Simpsons meme, you know, where Ralph, you <laughs> know, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> oh my God. You know, where his heart breaks, you see yeah. it happen in slow motion. <laughs> Obviously, Peter Dinklage does a much better job. Oh, God, you're killing me. <laughs> you know, Dinklage also brings a real truth to this role. You know, mm. in the original we mentioned it's the big nose. 
But obviously, Peter Dinklage just is who he is. So he's not just playing a part with physical changes to a character that he can then take off. You know, he is this role to a degree. I love how we were first introduced to the character of Cyrano. We heard his voice before we saw him. Mm. I think that was a really important choice because he is his words. He is his voice. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what he looks like to the audience. We're introduced to his quick wittedness and his fighting skills. Mm. Uh, I thought it was just a great way for him to come up and say, I'm Cyrano. And you just, you you want to follow him through this story. And he's got this big personality that he hides behind, this bravado that hides the pain and the the longing that he's feeling. And oh, God, love Dinklage. (laughs) Hayley Bennett is also just delightful. She's the Mm. bubbly, flighty, Somewhat self-centred Roxanne, yeah, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. She she's knows flawed. what she wants. Yeah, but she's flawed. Oh, deeply flawed. Yeah. A bit vain. Yes, indeed. And as we said, Bennett has worked with Dinklage on stage in this role before and the chemistry between the two of them is fucking incredible. Ridiculous. One of my favourite lines that Roxanne says towards the beginning of the film, she goes, I'm not rude, I'm enigmatically distant and fashionably late. <laughs> I mean, that's the sort of delivery that you get yeah. from Haley, uh, And it was just great. I loved revelling in how she explored um, her experience through yeah. her words and her song. And lovable. You could see in an instant why he adores her. And what a voice. Oh. My goodness me. I didn't know she could sing like that. No. Wow. The passion in her voice. And there's one scene that we haven't talked about in terms of the production design, but I really want to call attention to uh, when she's talking about the love letters and how she loves the letters. There's this beautiful moment where she steps through the room and the wind blows and the letters are flying around her. You can see the image on our social media platforms, actually. It's absolutely amazing, breathtaking imagery. Craftsmanship to a T. This movie is just beautiful. And did you get a feeling of, of course, it's adapted from a play and a stage Mm. musical. I mean, maybe this is inherent with Joe Wright and his, you know, creative stamp, but it often feels like he's lifting something off a stage in how he blocks his scenes sometimes. Did you feel that from time to time? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the opening scene with the chandeliers moving up, it's almost like a a movement, like a stage direction that that you would see, you know, the chandeliers come up and come down or whatever. And I thought it's a really nice touch that he's not afraid to do. There are so many little details going on in the background of this film. Really pay attention, especially the dancers as well. Yeah. There was a few people wearing the mask with the big noses. Did you notice that in the background extras? has a little nod to the original. Oh, that's cool. I love that attention to detail. We've got to talk about Kelvin Harrison Jr. Mm -hmm. as Christian. What did you think of his performance? Look, he's an honest man who means well. He's insecure like a lot of the characters are. He's very handsome. Of course, he's love-struck. But I think he found a really good balance in his performance that he's not Mm. dumb. He just – he doesn't have the words and he needs Cyrano to help him. I thought it was a really honest performance. How did you think? Well, I did have to laugh at one particular thing in the character when he arrives to begin a new job with the regiment, with the King's Guards, (laughs) and then immediately bunks off to go visit his girlfriend. And he's like, oh, do you want to maybe make a good first impression (laughs) with your boss? (laughs) No fucks given. Yeah, exactly. The Duke, Mm. played by Armendo. Hashtag Hashtag Armendo. Armendo. (laughs) He's an important character. He's a dastardly man, obviously. He's the catalyst for the drama and the heightened danger that happens in the film. Mm. But I felt he was underutilised. Yeah, I I always want to see more of 
Ben Mendelsohn. He is such a rich villain mm-hmm. in what he lifts from script to screen. Yeah. And I was obsessed with his song, his mm. solo, when he's walking through the street wearing this cloak and it's like yeah. billowing behind him. But that's what I mean. That did feel a little out of place to me because huh. we hadn't really dove into his character and mm. development. Like we know who he is. He's the villain of the piece. He's, you know, a rogue after Roxanne by whatever means necessary. Yeah. But, you know, you put someone like Ben Mendelsohn in a role like that, give him the opportunity to be more of an imposing presence on the film. I wonder if that's how he is traditionally written because yeah. you only get little bits of him. And then at one point I was surprised by some of his choices and reactions as a character that I felt, oh, I don't really believe that he would go down that road. And that doesn't come down to the acting. I think it maybe comes down to the balance of the character development. Yeah. I mean, look, we're always going to want more Ben Mendelsohn. We think we should have got more of him here. Maybe they could have lent into adapting his character with a little bit more creative license. Maybe. Um, But it's not a bad thing about the film. No. All right, Lee, what do you think? Should we wrap up and rate our take on Cyrano? Let's do it, Tim. Language, music and beauty. Three words to describe Cyrano and the film nails all of them. Peter Dinklage is astounding in the lead role, as is his Roxanne Haley Bennett. I was just mesmerised by the story and production design, not to mention the music, which felt both seamlessly natural and also stood out as a triumph in this film. Cyrano is a celebration of love in every sense of the word, and I'm giving it four popcorn kernels. Beautiful. Well, embarrassingly, I was not familiar with this story, so I went in completely blind to any other films or portrayals of Cyrano over the years. I was fully immersed in this world and the experiences of these characters and found myself so deeply moved. Joe Wright is a visual master and combines the crafts of all of his crew to deliver a stunning feast for the eyes and the ears. Dinklage and Haley are wonderful and the singing and the songs had me floored. I'm also going to rate Cyrano for Popcorn Kernels Lee. Well, there you have it, guys. Cyrano is in Australian cinemas now. Make sure you check it out. All right, Lee, before we jump into our news and trailer section, you have your last chance to enter our current ticket giveaway. So with thanks to Maslow Entertainment, we have five double passes to give away to see Bergman Island, which is in Australian cinemas from March 10. That's right. Bergman Island is written and directed by Mia Hansen-Lerver and stars Vicky Creeps and Tim Roth as a couple who retreat to a mythical Swedish island for the summer where legendary director Ingmar Bergman shot most of his celebrated films. While there, the lines between reality and fantasy begin to blur as past love is remembered. The film also stars Mia Wasikowska and Anders Danielson Lee. To be in with a chance of winning a double pass, simply head over to our website, popcornpodcast.com slash giveaways, and tell us your favourite holiday destination. The giveaway closes midday on Monday, February 28. Get in there. Lee, let's talk the Oscars. Okay, it's been revealed that the Oscars will not include some categories in the live broadcast, and I'm mad about it. Mm. So documentary short, film editing, makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, animated short, live action short, and best sound will be given out before the ceremony. Look, you can't hear me shaking my head, but I'm shaking my head. This feels outrageous. It is outrageous. Like, given that best sound includes films such as Belfast, Dune, West Side Story, The Power of the Dog, No Time to Die, and best original score includes Encanto, the Disney animated film, 
Hans Zimmer for Dune, mm. and an incredible score from Parallel Mothers. What the hell? This is nuts. It's Why? insulting. A little bit, yeah. And best makeup and hairstyling includes films like Cruella. Mm. Hello. Cruella Lives was incredible. It's going to yeah. win, by the way. Oh. The Eyes of Tammy Faye and House of Gucci. I, I want to see these awards being given out. These people deserve to have their moment. Look, to give some context, the Oscars ceremony often goes for three hours yeah. <laughs> or more. And with three hosts that we talked in last week's episode, mm. there's going to be a little bit more padding out, a little bit more content that's going to fill the telecast. Mm. I understand that they need to strip it back. But taking out honouring the technical categories isn't the right decision here. No, it is not. Mm. Naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty Oscars. So the Oscars will return to its Dolby Theatre home on March 28 Australian Standard Time and we'll bring you all the excitement on our social channels. Yes, we will. It's the most wonderful time of year after all. Mm-hmm. Now, Lou. Lou? <laughs> oh, hey. hey. Sorry, Lee had to step out for a second. I'm Lou. <laughs> we have a special guest. Okay. Lee, a new Fantastic Beast: The Secrets of Dumbledore trailer was expected to drop this week, and we were going to talk about it yes. excitedly. But the official Twitter page for the Wizarding World sequel then announced it had been delayed. That's right. So the tweet that was released on February 25th said, the eagerly awaited Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore trailer will not be revealed today. More to come very soon. Thank you for your patience. What does this mean? Well, it's very polite. Thank you. I know, but how strange to ramp it up a couple of days beforehand and then go, oh no, whoops, sorry, we can't. What's going on? Is it going to get delayed? Mm, Well, it's meant to be coming out in April of this year. Surely they wouldn't delay it again. It's already been delayed quite a bit. Yes. Oh, goodness me. The mystery surrounding this, well. And the drama surrounding this film, you know, with Johnny Depp being recast and. By Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. um, Give us the movie already. Give us the movie, but. Yes, we will continue to be patient (laughs) as much as we can. The Secrets of Dumbledore is the third film in the Harry Potter spin-off franchise and is expected in Australian cinemas on April 7th at this stage. At this stage. Mm. Watch this space. Dun, dun, dun. So, Tim, in worldwide news, obviously the situation in Ukraine and Russia is evolving and very upsetting at the moment. Devastating. Sean Penn is currently in Ukraine filming a documentary about Russia's invasion. Like Mm. he's on the ground doing it as we speak. Wow. The Oscar-winning actor appeared at a press briefing Thursday in the Ukraine capital of Kiev as the government officials spoke about the currently evolving crisis. Penn has been at the centre of many anti-war and humanitarian operations over the years and has been particularly active in the 2010 Haiti earthquake disaster relief efforts. So he's a huge political activist and humanitarian Mm. and he's channeling himself into this work. We send our love and support to all the people who have been displaced by this incredible tragedy. And that's it for another episode of Popcorn Podcast, guys. We covered Cyrano, which is in Australian cinemas now. Do yourselves a favour and please check it out. Give in to love. Oh, unrequited love. (laughs) All right, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. We are now on YouTube where you will find our latest celebrity video interviews. Simply search Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 